All department stores now have cafes, toilets and some even have crushes. We've come to expect shops to provide us with such customer services. However, we no longer have to put a coin into a lock on the door and gone are the attendants in smart uniforms who used to allow us to go in. Powder rooms used to provide luxury. Some still do, but most are functional rather than luxurious. It was Selfridges who had the vision to see that customers needed amenities as well as products and those amenities should be luxurious. Retail Contribution Fact File The public lavatories were an innovation that was highly welcomed by the public, not least women. Important as they were in their own right, for people to stay longer in the stores, the lavatories were also a demonstration of an emerging consumer service retail ethos, something that's continued to define and differentiate retail brands ever since. Once, no person of quality or respectable mistress of the house would be seen dead in the street or market shopping. That was what slaves and more recently domestic servants were for. Slaves and domestics were sent out with precise shopping lists, seldom with cash, since virtually all transactions were literally on account. To particular tradesmen where an account was maintained, and since these slaves and domestics enjoyed very little discretion and were well known by the tradesmen as such, there was very little incentive to provide what we call today and expect as customer services. This all began to change in the mid-19th century with the arrival of one-stop shopping in the form of department stores, gallerias and arcades. These new formats were destinations in their own right. Big, stylish, convenient and above all else, safe. Offering a shopping adventure that so-called respectable people wanted to experience for themselves. Thus, it was the new well-off urban classes together with their country cousins up to the town for shopping at the weekend attracted in their thousands not just to shop but also to socialize often spending the entire day out in the process but unintended consequences if respectable persons were to be encouraged to dwell shop and socialize where were they to answer the inevitable call of nature and strange as it may seem to us in our modern hygienic world, no real provision was made for women. They trained themselves not to need to go when outside, and if they really did need to do so, they excused themselves from company and managed the best they could in non-existent or at best primitive facilities. All this was about to change with the arrival in London at the turn of the century of Gordon Harry Selfridge. Harry was determined to build the best store in the world. He already had 30-odd years' experience in Chicago running Marshall Fields, at that time probably the number one department store in the US. When Selfridges opened on the 15th of March 1909, it was a revolution in British retailing. The crowds that arrived to that opening were so large that by 6.30pm, 150,000 people had visited the store. The store helped to return British retailing to the forefront of retailing technology. It was the world's largest department store of its times. 
Harry positively encouraged consumers from everywhere to spend as long as they wanted to do so in the store, with free entrance, impressive window displays, touchable merchandise, longer opening hours and the widest range of merchandise and store services yet available. The rooftops of Selfridges became legendary. People would go to the top of the buildings to play games, to meet friends and even watch fashion shows. But as well as being a great, great merchant, Selfridge understood that in-store service would be key to keeping customers happy. So, as well as recruiting, sometimes even poaching, the very best floor staff, he also invested behind the scenes, not least by providing what were really the first public in-store lavatories for men and women. A long-standing established competitor of Selfridges, Whiteley's and Bayswater, did provide some toilet facilities, but these were private, for customers only, and very rudimentary affairs. Not so at Selfridge, where, by the then standards of the day, they were lavished with enclosed cubicles, wash basins with hot water, easy chairs, mirrors and attendants to help. And importantly, given the store's dictum of spend all day here, and you don't have to buy anything, they were public. There were other amenities too. There was a post office, a library, rooms for foreign visitors, and a department that sold items for clergymen. In 1913, it even added a nursery for customers' children to be looked after. It also offered Christmas puddings to the bus drivers who operated routes past the Oxford Street store. What an innovation those amenities and public toilets facilities were. Tens of thousands of women have much to thank Gordon Harry Selfridge for and his new customer services retail ethos.